another glorious episode of In Search, the only SEO podcast making search small talk sound good on the table today. Google says we're blowing ring brain out of proportion. We'll discuss what Google's really trying to say to us. Watch out, local back listings. Here comes a ton of discover more places, carousels. Multifaceted feature snippets, mega powerhouse, or mega dud. Plus, analysis of all that went up, down, and all around in the SEO world. I am your host, Morty Oberstein, as always. I am joined by the constantly clever Jacqueline Harkham. How goeth the world of Jacqueline? Wow, thank you for that intro. All is great in the world of Jacqueline. How was your weekend? <laughs> Any exciting stuff to report? What's going I, on? My life hasn't been exciting in 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> You're kidding. Even, even then, it wasn't that exciting. <laughs> I, I like to that. I like to make it more than it was. You know what? For some reason, I I doubt that. No, no, it, it, it wasn't. I'm um, I'm actually I'm a homebody. I'm a big homebody. I like staying at home, doing. This. Someone invited me out the other night. Like, hey, why don't you come over and hang out? I'm like, you know, I have to leave my house for that, right? Oh God, I mean, yeah. I guess you could like do it, hang out at your house. I, I I I'm tired. I don't blame you. I'm exhausted. I'm constantly tired. Uh, okay, so because I love data, because you love data. Because even your dog loves data. Let's kick this thing off by going data for the second week in a row. This time, we're hopping on the local express. All right, so since around October 23rd, we've been tracking a big old spike in the Discover More Places Carousel, DMP, as I like to call it, because Discover More Places Carousel is long. Um, on mobile, on desktop, in the U.S., in the U.K., pretty much anywhere they spreckens the English, the Discover More Places carousel has skyrocketed. All right, so before I spill the beans and the data, the DMP, the Discover More Places carousel, to say that too fast, the Discover More Places carousel, my mouth is exhausted, um, is a carousel that shows towards the bottom of the SERP. Okay, so for queries that produce local packs, meaning my voice just cracked because I'm still a little bit under the weather. But meaning, okay, like this. If you do a search for, let's say, um, Sushi New York City, okay, and you scroll down the SERP, you will see a carousel. Uh, if there's not enough cards, it doesn't look like a carousel, but I'm calling it a carousel anyway. And in this carousel are these cards, and these cards are other categories of related establishments you've searched for. Um, meaning, let's take um, uh, my go-to query for this is Sushi New York City. Like, everyone has their go-to queries for certain for particular SERP features for the DMP carousel, the Discover More Places carousel. Mine is Sushi New York City, for whatever reason. That's just my... My go-to. Um, when you do this search and you scroll all the way to the bottom of the page, you get cards in this carousel um, for other sushi restaurants in New York City, but also for other types of restaurants altogether. Literally, romantic restaurants, cozy restaurants, and uh, it's a, it's a carousel to sort of expand your culinary mind. What happens when you click on the card? Ah, good question. Okay. <laughs> so you get whisked away to the local finder where you can peruse through listings of all sorts of businesses. Jacqueline? Yes. Tell them what we've tracked. Well, we discovered more places jump from showing on 3.5% of desktop SERPs in the U.S. to now showing on roughly a 7.5% of all pages one SERPs. Right. So all page one SERPs in the U.S. now contain about 7.5% mm -hmm. of them contain the Discover More Places carousel. That is a slamming 125% <laughs> increase. I like that. Slamming. Um, right, in the U.K. In the, in, and in Australia, we saw a 400% increase. It's just, it's just huge. Okay. So ask me why this matters. Who cares? Why does this matter? You took that literally. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so... You you might have thought that there are there are more discover more places boxes or there's more of these carousels because there are more local packs. So as there's more local packs, there are going to be more of these carousels, right? Nope. 
local packs have not gone up, meaning Google has added the Discover More Places carousel to queries that already produce a local pack, meaning a higher concentration or a higher percentage of the local packs that already appear in the SERP now are accompanied by the Discover More Places carousel, which means if a user is eh, not thrilled with your listing on the local pack, well, they might just scroll down the SERP and instead of moving on up or back up to the SERP, uh, up the SERP to your listing, right, they'll, they'll check out some of the alternatives in the Discover More Places carousel. Um, so in the words of the great Stuart Scott, Booyah! Who? Stuart Scott, really? Oh. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to guess another sports. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's forget it. We're moving on. All right. All right. Okay. So let's get into something a little bit headier as we read between the lines. I mean, this um, This is just great. This is really, really, really awesome. Okay? So, all right. Tell them what we're talking about. Tell them what I'm so excited about. All right. Take a chill pill. No, no, no. Okay. I, when, when Google says these things... <laughs> Oh I have a conniption. All right, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> okay, okay. All right, so in the past, Google had made a big deal of rank brain, but since then, they're trying to shift an, uh, an SEO's attention, saying it's not something to focus too much on anymore. Right, okay, so let me give you the background to all this. Yeah. So there was this article on Search Engine Watch, um, and this article talked about how US, US, UX impacts rank. So if your UX for lack of a better word, sucks. Users will not respond to your site well. They will respond negatively, and Rank Brain will make a mental note. Wait, wait a second. This guy just bounced uh, from this site. Oh, and uh, this fine lady over here bounced from this site. And everyone, no one likes this site because the UX here is not good. And we touched on this two weeks ago. Actually, I was ranting that if your UX is not good, fix the UX. Go design and don't go technical. Okay. So now someone asked John Mueller from Google to comment about this article on Twitter, and we got what we got. Okay. So for the record. I do very much agree, okay? We're not with Google. In this, I mean, I, I we'll get to what Google's really, I think what Google's really talking about in a second, okay? I do agree with the article, UX impacts rank, okay? Albeit maybe not directly, but who cares? Direct, indirect, what's the difference, okay? It's really a simple equation. Bad UX equals bounces, which equals rank brain seeing the page as less relevant, which equals a loss of rank, okay? Not that it's so simple. There could be other factors that mitigate the bounce rate, there's all sorts of possibilities and scenarios, okay, but all things being equal, there's an equation there. So I think this is one of those cases where you have to read between the lines, which is why we call the segment Read Between the Lines. Hey, Google speaks cryptically, and even when they are not speaking cryptically, they're really speaking cryptically, you have, you have to read between the lines. There's actually a great white, uh, Whiteboard Friday, I think, that Rand Fishkin did a while ago about how to interpret what Google says and how to take what they're saying literally or not literally. So um, it's, this is along the, a similar line to that. So here's what, let me, let, me, let me break it down like this, okay? Let's just break this down very, very simply. What should have John said? Well, it's simple, okay? John should have said, rank brain is not the only factor behind rank. Don't just focus on rank brain. End of story, simple, clear, logical, no hoopla, no drama, no anything. This, this would not have been an article on SE Roundtable if John would have said, yeah, rank brain's not the only factor out there. You'd probably want to focus on other stuff also. Very good. All right, but now let's look what John did say. So, the first quote I have for you is, John said, we use machine learning in so many places. What Google's saying to you is, don't get stuck on rank brain because there's so much more to the machine learning, machine learning universe at Google. There's so many machine learning properties that we, quote unquote, Google uses, and that's true, right? I personally try not to say rank brain this and rank brain that, but Google's machine learning properties. But that's pretty much what people mean when they say rank brain. They're really referring to whatever machine learning Google's got going on, 
we're just going to call that rank brain. So John's sort of like splitting hairs here a little bit by saying, oh, you're focusing too much on rank brain. There's other machine learning properties out there. Um, the second statement John said that I want to focus on, he said, it doesn't make sense to try to single out rank brain and guess what individual factors are involved. True. Yeah. Like I said, a poor bounce rate can be mitigated by a million factors. But does that mean bounce rate doesn't put his hand on the scale and you shouldn't worry about it? No. Okay. The person who asked the question and John are speaking from two different frameworks and Google loves speaking like this and sort of creating a, I want to call it a spin as a negative connotation to it. It's just a different way of speaking and versus what the SEOs are saying. And it creates a sort of schism. Then everyone throws their hands up in the air. Oh, what's going on? John and the person who asked this question are in, for the, in general or in this moment speaking two different languages, two different frameworks. Okay, The real point here is John wasn't hitting back. John wasn't putting down the notion that, oh, rank brain, don't focus on rank brain. Rank brain is not part of the equation. Read between the lines. The real point here is that machine learning is far broader than just rank brain. And don't get focused on just rank brain. There's a whole slew of machine learning capabilities, machine learning properties that Google has. And John's saying, well, don't focus on that as a way of shifting the attention off of what was brought up in the article. Right? Meaning there's so much that falls under the machine learning umbrella just to call it rank brain wouldn't be doing justice. Now, obviously, the person asking the question wasn't getting into the technical constructs of what's considered rank brain and what's considered another machine learning property over at Google. Okay, well, continuing our efforts to demystify the latest ongoings in search, it's time for the in-search SEO impact. Okay, let's rate the impact that multi-featured snippets, multi-faceted, sorry, multi-faceted featured snippets will have. So something big just happened with multi-faceted featured snippets, or if you prefer, multi-faceted featured snippets. I like to say multi, but whatever. All right, all right, Jacqueline, go ahead. All Tell right, us so what first, happened. let's discuss what it is. So multi-faceted feature snippets, in a nutshell, put two feature snippets under one another on the same SERP. Well, we had already seen multifaceted featured snippets in mobile search results, but now Google is currently testing multifaceted featured snippets in the desktop search results now. Do you feel that? <laughs> feel what? The sky is <laughs> falling. <laughs> <laughs> now, I don't, I, I don't get the hoopla. Yeah. I don't see this as becoming pervasive. First off, you see how big that is? How much space that takes mm -hmm. up? Those two feature snippets? That's a lot of space. It's too much to look at. It's too mm -hmm. much text. They won't let's look at so much text. It's too much for the average user. So if anything, the format here will change entirely. I would imagine it will turn into something like Bing does. Have you ever seen the Bing uh, version of multifaceted feature snippets? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because no one uses Bing. But they have a really, it's different by AI, and it shows different perspectives on the same answer. So it's like on the same question. So it's different answers to the same question. I would imagine that multifaceted feature snippets are formatically look something more like that because it's just an easier way to shove more content onto the server without it just looking like it's too much. Mm -hmm. Okay. Two, let me ask you a question, okay? If the first feature snippet, the one on top, didn't satisfy the user, that one, and, and that first one that Google shows, that's the one related directly to the query you, ent you entered, okay? If that didn't satisfy the user, would the related no. search results satisfy it either? No. No, okay, what's the difference? Like, there's a good chance that the user executed the wrong query if they're satisfied by the second featured snippet, right? Feature snippets are traffic hogs because they meet a user's need. If it doesn't, and I would say a lot, when, it, when it does 
not satisfy the user's need, I would say a lot of the time that's because the user didn't exactly enter the right query, right? The user really meant to find something else. And at least that's what it is for me, which means the results below that featured snippet are irrelevant. If the featured snippet is not going to satisfy you, nothing else is going to satisfy you. And I know I'm, I'm, that's, a, that's a big statement to make. It's a bold statement to make. But I mean, categorically, if that featured snippet's not the one that categorically satisfies you, and the second one does categorically satisfy you, the results below the second feature snippet are not the same category. Right, so does it make it that the feature snippet, the, is it, let's say, like, uh, slow down. I'm, my brain is f going way too fast in my mouth. It happens a lot. Okay. I'm not saying it doesn't matter at all. Okay. All I'm saying is, like, does it matter that the second feature snippet, the one the user really wants, does it matter that it's on the same page as the first one? Or does it matter that instead, without this multifaceted feature snippet, the user would have to do a second search? to find what they need, and he would just find, or they would just find the featured snippet on the second page, the second query, the second SERP to be satisfying. The only thing is a practicality, right? In this case, you don't need to do a second search. The user can find what they want on the same SERP because it's a second featured snippet. I'm not saying, again, it doesn't matter. I'm just saying it's not a huge deal because the user doesn't want that first feature snippet anyway, and it, most likely the user doesn't want the results that follow that first feature snippet. So, out of 10, I'm going to give the multifaceted feature snippet on desktop a whopping three on the SEO impact meter. Uh, for those of you who are, not, who are numerically challenged, I'm saying it's not very impactful. Yeah. All right. Oh, that brings us right to our poll question, by the way. Yes. Yep. Are multifaceted featured snippets a game changer? Ooh, do you disagree? Do you agree with me? Are multifaceted feature snippets a game changer? I know that the second we mentioned featured snippet, everyone's going, oh, Snippets. But are they? <laughs> that was really high. But are they really a game changer or not? Um, by the way, our poll question will be out there on social media. Look for it on the Ring Ranger account. Look it on my Twitter account. Look for it on Jacqueline's Twitter account. And it will be on the blog post we use to announce this episode of In Search. So at the bottom of the blog post announcing this episode of In Search, where you can listen to the episode of insert as well the very 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 bottom will be a link to our poll question but again it'll be in social media it'll be on mine it'll be on Jacqueline's it'll be in the rink rangers official social media twitter account uh facebook whatnot oh so what were the results from last week yes i was gonna say uh, last week we asked what we asked my brain just froze we asked oh is amp a ranking factor or not guess what you all said did i share the results with you yet no, no you have i did not this it's a big secret I, yeah okay what do you think I'm going to say no. Okay, so it was a 60-40 split. Okay. Which way? I'm going to say 60-40 split. 60 yes, 40 no. Oh, yeah. 60% 60, 60 of you thought that AMP oh, is indeed a ranking factor, figures. and 40% said no. I was a little bit surprised. I thought it would be way more saying that it was not a ranking factor. Okay, so let's move on, dive in to some of the news from this week. All right, Google created four new ad metrics to better clarify the position for the ads that are displayed in the Google search. Ah, that, okay. that will offer clearer insights now into your ad rankings. Google also recently confirmed they're working on an update to help resolve the problem publishers have in finding their site's articles with Google News. Okay, so this, this publisher thing, 
publishers, and it's going on for a while already. And it's really surprising that it's still an issue. They can't find their articles. They don't know where they are. And in Google News, whatever, whatever. Okay, it's just not another good step for Google and publishers. Mm-hmm. Okay, when I was teaching, we used to have this thing called um, "can't get right." It, like, <laughs> it sounds worse than it, than it is. It sounds harsher than it really is. Yeah. But as a kid, okay, he was just having a really rough day, and nothing was going to be able to change that. So right, that kid just can't get right today. We're going to have to go sit on the side, read a book, put your head down. I get it. You're having a rough day. Hey, Google, when it comes to publishers, just can't get right. I don't know why. I, they just can't get right. Whether it's AMP URLs, whether it's fake news. By the way, fake news is still a big issue. Just, okay, do me a favor. Just type breaking news, the, the keyword phrase breaking news or latest news or big news into the SERP, into the search engine, uh, into the search engine, into, into the search box and see what you get. You're going to get a lot of news content that just doesn't make any sense. Some small stations out in the middle of nowhere sort of thing. Why? Because the title has breaking news in it. So there's still a huge problem with, I think, with getting accurate news results on, on the page. The reason why you don't notice that is when you type in a query like uh, latest political news or uh, you know, Supreme Court nomination, something that's going on, it's hard to get it wrong because there's so many big news agencies like CBS, CNN, whatever it is, Politico, who have articles on that with that phrase in there that Google just pulls them out. But when you type in something a little bit more obscure, like breaking news, where CNN may not have an article that says breaking news in the title, it gets a little bit hairier. Just try it. Trust me, okay? So I just don't know why Google can't get right with publishers, but this is not this is not a giant step forward. It's a giant step back, sideways. I don't know. It's not good for Google. It's not good for news publishers. I hope this gets fixed. What else we got? Google announced a new feature in Google Maps that now allows you to follow a specific business. And if you choose to press the follow button, you will be updated on events, offers, and more. I personally would not use this feature. Yeah, I, this was a weird unnecessary, one. Unnecessary, like the one less thing I need to have on my phone. <laughs> this is like one of those things where yeah. Google's trying to get all social media on yeah, us. No. All right. But, all right. You would think you would follow a person, <laughs> right? But instead, you're following brands. Ironically, this is the opposite of Facebook, right? Facebook said, hey, you know, we're going to take a lot of this brand power out of the newsfeed. I'm not really sure it's going to use it. For you, do you think that anyone's even going to notice it there? Honestly, no. Right? I, I, don't. I, I Unless don't. someone told me about it, I like, how would you know? Right. I, I, I'm not sure who's going to use this thing. I, I, I personally have no desire to follow Fruit of the Loom or Dell, right? Why? I just want one question. Why didn't Google... Put the follow button for something a bit more sensical, like famous people. Everyone's a follow famous people. So put the button for famous people. Right? Wait, 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 wait. This just in. Okay, no, not just it's not just in, but it is an in search exclusive. Earlier this week I spotted a follow button show up for an athlete, Ben Roethlisberger, quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm-hmm. Okay? It's happened to be I was doing a search for him, whatever. Okay. Their follow you're laughing at me. It's you're just, just like laughing. Typical, typical. Yeah, it's typical. Yeah. Okay, it showed up. There was a follow button in the knowledge panel for the athlete. It is no longer there. I just looked it up before the show started. I cannot find it for him. I cannot find it for any other athletes or any other celebrities. But I have photo proof that I tweeted it out. It's there in my Twitter feed to scroll through earlier in the week or earlier last week, rather. Uh, it's in my Twitter feed. You can go find it. It's there. I promise. Okay, and this makes a heck of a lot more sense being than being able to follow Dwayne Reed. Like, seriously. Hey, I wonder what's going down at Walgreens. Any update over at HR Block? Seriously, come on. It's ridiculous. I'm going to follow a business? I don't, I don't get it. 
I really don't get it. Deep breaths. Deep breaths. Okay. From content to content, here is your content of the week. Winner! And for this week, we have slides. Slides? Yes, slides. Okay. They're slides, but they're from Alita Solis, okay, who recently spoke at SMX Milan. And by the way, you have never heard Alita speak. You need to. It is fantastic. I promise you're not paying me to plug her. It's definitely not boring. That, I, that, that's totally out of the question. But she's probably the only person I will ever use slides for for the content of the week segment because they're so comprehensive. It took me a while to read through all the slides. Usually people have I, – I do this, right? You put through two or three words in there because who wants to read all that, whatever, 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 and you just verbally give it over. But she has so much content in the slides. It's, it's, it's awesome. Um, okay. Deep press again. So a couple of takeaways from the data uh, and the presentation that um, Alita put out for SMX Milan. Okay, one, and it's all about voice search. So she has in there a whole thing about people definitely use voice search, uh, but for simple queries with simple phrases like, um, who's Zach Starkey? Who is Zach Starkey? You know who Zach Starkey is because you know his father. His father is famous. Oh, yeah. His father was a Beatle. Which one? Ringo Starr, right? Stark is Ringo's real name is Starkey, but Starkey, okay. Stark is not as cool as Star, okay. right? So I actually saw him play drum for the Who, fifteen years. So that when my life was exciting, here's <laughs> here's Maury's exciting life. When I was I don't know, just like twenty years ago already, right? No, less. I like we'll say fifteen years ago. I don't know, I don't know. I must have been like twenty years old. I saw the Who three times in five nights from the front row. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's not, and that's my exciting life. Oh, my God. And so Zach Starkey is playing drums for The Who. And that is your rock and roll tidbit of a day, which is not a real segment we do here at InSearch. Okay, back to voice search. So what, Al- what Alita did brilliantly was to take the recent t- changes and trends that Google's undertaken vis-a-vis voice search and sort of explain why things have evolved the way they have evolved, why the technology itself has evolved, why we have what we have, based upon how users go about using voice search, which is brilliant, okay? For example, she shows that, like Google knows you need images. They are a vital part of comprehension. Mm-hmm. We are all visual learners, so we have Google Hub, right? So it's voice search, but with the screen, right? She also knows people want deeper content, more comprehensive content, so we have conversation elements being added, right? Now you can talk to your assistant back and forth. And so there's some kind of movie about that. I think it's all Joaquin Phoenix talking as he falls in love with his like voice assistant. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It. All right. So that's that's what's going on, right? And and what I okay, what I find fascinating about all this stuff, and when it comes to voices in general, is the language component, which the SEO industry totally drops the ball on. Oh yeah, language. Yeah, language voice search is totally different. Long tail keywords, man. Yeah, that that's it. You ball. You you solved it right there. The entire way to optimize a voice search is long tail keywords. See you later. Have a nice day. What the SEO industry would benefit from, what it should do, is to partner up with linguists. Interesting. Why do you think that? Well, because we're talking about language. No, okay. Hear me out. Uh, and it's a little bit odd, yeah. radical, whatever it is. Okay. But Google, and, and Aliyah touches this on, on this in, the, in her slides, okay, they want to go deeper, offer deeper, uh, a deeper content experience. Mm-hmm. And what's the biggest barrier to offering a deeper voice search content experience? Language. Exactly, language, okay? Um, Google's going to have to bridge the language gap. What am I talking about? 
case you don't know this, and it's pretty self-evident once you start thinking about it, which we don't really think about it so much, but oral language and written language are two different beasts entirely. They are not the same. They are not anywhere near the same thing. Okay, I'm talking about my teaching experience a lot lately, which I almost never do. Um, when I taught, so my students, their oral language was light years apart from their written language. I don't mean better or worse. I mean, there's two totally different things. The way a kid would talk and their written voice, you could just totally, you could have a kid who was really outspoken, really brash, and when they wrote, it was very concise, very thought out, very well um, structured, okay? What you say orally, how you speak, and how you write things down, like on a web page, are just two different things altogether. And Google's gonna have to bridge this gap to sync up what people mean when they say something to an assistant and what someone wrote on a web page. And no form optimization, I'm gonna go on a soapbox here, no form optimization can turn an apple into an orange. Yes, okay, Google's going to have to bridge this, not us, not the SEOs, not the web page creators, that's a weird way to phrase that. Right? Their recommendations, right, Google's recommendations on how to write for voice search, you know, more of this, more of that, less of this, less of that. They're just surface details. They're not dealing with the crux of the issue. Mm-hmm. Right? And Alita has a moment in her slide where she talks about, yes, Google wants you to write with lists, bullet lists, and so forth. And it's, that's great for having your content picked up by voice assistants, right? Because it's simple. It's easy for Google to understand a bullet list. It's a snippet. The oral search and the written language probably won't vary much in these simple searches. Um, who was the first person on the moon? How we say that and how we write that are pretty much the same thing, but go a bit deeper and things change drastically. And for voice search to be what Google wants it to be, the gap is going to have to be bridged. I agree. Uh, I agree. But you can't, you know, turn Apple into an orange, but it would be amazing if they really could try and bridge that gap because this is where talk technology really, really has the opportunity to change the world. No, I, I think they're definitely, they are definitely working on bridging the gap. You see, yeah. you see now, they, there's this more conversational element. Like they're, getting, they're getting better at interpreting what people mean when they speak. It's happening. It's just, it's going to take a long time. I think it's going to take a long time. Yeah. And th- these optimization tricks, I'm just gonna, uh, long tail keywords is a trick. Yeah, okay, it helps. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. But you're not fundamentally dealing with the issue. And, and there really is no way to fundamentally deal with the issue until Google's able to in- sync up these two ways of speaking. Whoo! Okay. <laughs> I, I, I like doing the content of the week last, right? Last before the send off, because it's always heavy. It's always like a good segue to go into something a little bit more uh, fun. You know, our fun. SEO send-off question of the week. Okay. Are you ready for it? This is our fun SEO send-off question of the week. My favorite. This is my favorite part of the week where I get to sit down and figure out what am I going to ask that's so absurdly ridiculous but kind of makes you think at the same time. It's, it's not easy, by the way. Yeah. Uh, do we want to know? Yes, you want to know. <laughs> Come on. Okay. Are you ready? Come on. Okay. Yeah. I'm here ready. we go. Hit me. Okay. Here we go. I love this question. Um, I'm going to have to share that on social media this week. This is a good question. Okay, you ready? Uh, yeah, let's hear it. If Google had parents, who would they be? Okay, cute question. Yeah, that's a good question, right? If, I'm going to say for the audience again, <laughs> in case you didn't hear my absurd but thought-provoking question. If Google had parents, who would they be? Okay, I'm... Um Okay. Everyone's waiting. Everyone, no pressure. Everyone's waiting. Everyone's waiting. Go. I have it. Okay, I'm gonna go with the founding fathers of Google. George Washington. Uh, yes. George Washington. Google. 
Uh, Larry Page and Sergey Brin. Oh, you, you know. took that quite literally. Yeah. Who are their parents? They are their parents. They birthed, that, they birthed Google. Right. Um, yeah, I guess that's technically correct. Yeah. Great. Beat that. The, yeah, I'm going to beat that because I had a whole week to think about it. Yeah, so I did not. All right. <laughs> um, all right, here's mine. Okay, and, and, and he ignored the logistics of how this would actually happen. Okay, but if Neil deGrasse Tyson, you know, the guy who does all the, sci- the uh, physics stuff on TV, yeah. Right, you know, come on, you know what he's talking about. He's awesome. Right, if he had a baby with George Costanza, oh, you would get Google because oh, it's right. Why? Because it's really smart. Uh-huh. It's a good guy, but there's something a bit zany and perhaps neurotic going on there. Definitely sounds like Google. Oh, see, there's the really smart, and then you know that's like you know, yeah, that's Mr. Tyson right there. And then there's that like weird thing like follow a, a business entity. And that's George Costanza. That's awesome. Oh, boy. That was good, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. Oh, before we leave, before we leave, let's plug beta, which should be one last time. All right. We have been hearing your thoughts, comments, and feedbacks on everything SEO reporting. The beta blitz is coming. New SEO data for new era in search. Okay. And that will do it for us and this episode of In Search. Thank you so much for tuning in. Don't forget to come back each and every Tuesday for a new episode. Be kind and rewind. Thank you for tuning in. Have a good one.